welcome to your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. Join your host, Alexandros Megas, and co-host Vincent Byrne as they walk you through the deepest recesses of the mind and how it operates. They discuss all the reasons why our minds persistently get in the way of our evolution, growth, and our success. But crucially, they also teach you what you can do to change your destiny. And now, here's your host, Alexandros Megas. Welcome to the 13th episode of Your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. I am your host, Alexandros Megas. And I'm your co-host, Vincent Byrne. And today, first of all, actually, let me remind everyone that since uh, episode 10, we are also available on YouTube, a newly created channel called, very appropriately, your mind is trying to kill you. So uh, you can listen to it or you can look at it and listen to it. It's your choice. Yeah, and I even got my hair cut especially. Right. That's right. The, the disclaimer is we don't take responsibility for any damage done to your eyeballs <laughs> or your ears for that matter. But we do take responsibility for damage done to your conditioning and your programming. So you're welcome. Mm -hmm. Today, we will deal with another all-time classic topic that everyone that has any passion inside is very, very fond of, and that is to follow your heart right vincent yeah 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 well you see I, I posted a thing the other evening on my daily post about following your gut and following your heart and uh, you came in and said we must talk about it so i knew there was something controversial going to be discussed <laughs> you were eager to talk about it yep that's right well, because it's another, it's another one of those topics that become generic. It becomes generic, uh, and it becomes like this stereotypical phrase of um, that everyone loves to engage in. You got to follow your heart, but and you know, if you follow your heart, you will never, you know, be let down. Right. Let me preface this by saying. Uh, by making a distinction between two statements, follow your heart and follow your bliss. Uh, and uh, for those who are familiar with Joseph Campbell, also mm -hmm. the awesome Joseph Campbell, he, that's his, this is one of his major, majorly known quotes, follow, follow your bliss, right? So follow your bliss and follow your heart I will claim that they're not the same thing. And uh, I will attempt to prove that to 
Vincent, and then everyone else who is listening and wondering why I have to be such a negative Nelly. Yeah. So what do you mean by follow, following your heart then? What's, what's your perspective on that? Well, when we say follow your heart, in essence, we're also saying follow your gut, right? Follow your gut instinct. Yeah. But what happens if your gut is full of shit? And I mean that metaphorically, of course. Because we've talked about our conditioning <laughs> so many times, right? Talked about our conditioning. We are fully and utterly conditioned to believe certain things in our society that um, will make us show up and function as a, as a normal member, as a normal member of society, as a normal citizen, or whatever whatever that normal is. So we need to fulfill a certain set of codes set of principles that uh, will make us show up and not be rejected as lunatics, as insane people, but will be embraced. And uh, so this conditioning, I mean, it's not all bad, but it's bad if you are determined to actually find your way out of that hole that's called societal conditioning and if you have any ambitions to move out of that and find yourself and get closer to that thing that we call the higher self then you should start questioning everything as we've said here on this program many times so if your gut your instincts are tainted by your conditioning, then when you follow them, what do you follow, really? Mm. Yeah, you're following the conditioning. But if is is it? Do you think that if you have access to pure instinct, pure gut, pure heart, that it will act or will give you direction which is in your best interest? I mean, do you think we know that. If we had access to our guide, our inner guide, our higher self, if we had pure access to it, yes, of course. So that's that's what we're talking about. That's in in your terminology, the inner guide, gut, heart. That's all the same thing. Yes. Okay. So. So how, okay, so we've got that on one side. So that's the kind of, that's the gold underneath, but we have all this tarnishing, all of this muck that we've put all over it um, over the years through conditioning and uh, following what other people want us to do. So your contention is that we can't reach this guide, this heart, this instinct because of all of these layers of conditioning that that's actually there standing in our way. Um, and that inevitably, even if we think we might be following our gut and our heart, 
in reality we're following this conditioning that's right so yeah. the question then is is it possible to get to get to this level of purity all over again and how do you know you're there that's a billion dollar question my friend okay so i'm not going to get it on this podcast <laughs> yeah it's like we are accepting donations now and, and when we reach that uh, number then we'll be able to disclose the secret okay right? isn't that isn't that what happened I, I hear that there is a secret number two, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the secret was not, I mean, that secret is very elusive. You have to keep on chasing it because it keeps on changing. Right. So, so now they discovered another secret. Like they kept on digging wherever it is that they found the ancient manuscript mm. in the first place. And, and they kept on digging and found another one. Okay. So, yeah. But, but now in order to find out what the secret is, you have to pay the fee. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of the program, we'll be putting up our PayPal account. <laughs> okay. So the first question is, is it possible to strip away the conditioning to get to that purity, to get to that um, inner guide? You know, the other day i was relaxing in in my yard by my pond and which is something i rarely do relaxing that is <laughs> unless i'm meditating of course um and i i my grandpa my papu came to mind and uh, something that he had told me my, my grandpa was a very wise man very wise greek old man that uh, had all these quotes and sayings uh, every, you know for everything so one day he said to me don't just give me advice about you know love life because that's that's since we're speaking of the heart that's the one thing that so many people are ha are facing so many obstacles about right so he said to me he said my boy don't marry the girl of your dreams marry the girl who will allow you to dream so i thought that was so profound and what did he mean by that? I thought about that for a long time. And I realized that what he meant by that is the girl or the guy of our dreams is usually the person that we have been conditioned about. Mm. You know, that person that you see, for example, what it is that you are attracted to and, and what it is that you are attracted to uh, in terms of uh, male or female um, is something that matches the conditioning of society. So it's a construct. That's right. Because yeah. think about it. What 
the average male or female, attractive male or female, back in the 40s or the 30s, you know, any era, any gen every generation has an ideal look. Mm. And of course, because uh, our subconscious, our root chakra kind of uh, attention is being drawn by that kind of very basic instinct of what would be the ideal mate for me to make children, <laughs> right? This is what nature cares about, I guess. So, but that thing keeps on changing. So every mm -hmm. every generation we keep we keep on being attracted to another type. And that that of course doesn't only match the the physical type, the appearance, but also the kind of person, you know, the qualities of the person we have. Mm. All this kind of stuff changes with every generation. And if it does change, mm. then the question is, if we follow that image, which is our dream lover, our dream husband, our dream wife, what are we following? Are we following our inner guide? Or are we following that which has been pointed out to us. Mm. Fed into our TV rooms. That's right. You know, every <laughs> every TV show, whatever, you know, they have very yeah. selectively, selectively uh, categorized uh, the roles and the the ethnicities and the, the types of, you know, all this stuff is, as they call it, predictive programming. Mm. Right? Because the more you get drawn to this kind of storytelling, the more you you want to emulate that. You become your life becomes that. Sure. So then, what my grandpa meant by marry the girl that will allow you to dream was don't be fooled by the exoteric appearance and mm -hmm. the exoteric appearance to me means both what you look like and what you behave like but find that inner quality of a person that only cares about enhancing your life mm -hmm. and of course that goes both ways so <laughs> And from what I have observed and judging from uh, my own example, because I took his advice. Um, and of course, the, ironically, then the, the girl or the guy that will allow you to dream ultimately and forever becomes your dream girl or guy. So you, that's, that's how you, I get to reprogram myself when it comes to this sort of thing. Because, you know, relationships are a, a very sore subject in today's society, even more so than any other. You know, it used to be that we lived in simpler times where you could just 
club your woman down and take her to your cave. And then you were married. <laughs> and then she told you for the rest of your life. <laughs> well, I'm joking, of course, for anyone that doesn't understand that. But uh, yeah. the bottom line here is that how do we get to follow the heart? If we want to follow the heart, we need to find it first, right? If you need to follow something, you need to find it first to then follow it. Right? Mm -hmm. If someone says, oh, follow the elf, you know, down the, the trail in the woods by your house, what are you going to do? What's your next thing to do? Find the elf. Mm. So if you manage to find the elf, good luck there, um, then you get to follow it. So, so is it not a um, is it not a question of 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 practice? I mean, I, I've I've read lots of books on intuition and following your intu your intuition and all that sort of stuff, and whether that relates to stuff like dowsing and all that, um, you know, reading cards and all that kind of stuff. And the I suppose the emphasis that, that's put on that kind of stuff is that, you know, practice doing it so that after a while you get, you trust, you know, the method, the approach, whatever. Whereas previously everything is... Is conscious and it's structured and it's uh, all very calculated and it's kind of try and put that to one side and just you know allow holding a crystal over a yes or a no or whatever and allow the the the, the crystal to tell you one way or other in terms of which way you should go on a particular decision and after a while the suggestion is that you get better at it because you trust it and it goes from there so in doing something like that, is that trusting your intuition? Is that trusting that inner guide? Or is that just getting good at another technical practice that is that seem that has been put forward has been your intuition? Look, I I enjoy a, a good wise reading as much as the next guy. Mm. But in my experience, because I always, in, in order for me to arrive to a conclusion, I have to examine my experience on that. So I can say, hey, in my experience, that's, that's cool. It works. Or my experience, that's bullshit. Now, of course, you know, if you're listening to me, it, it is your prerogative to accept or, or reject what I'm saying, or just put it to the test and see what you get. Mm. So ultimately, in my experience, doing something, doing something, uh, testing something is the only way that you can find truths that relate to, to your own spirit, to your own aura, to your, to, you know, to, to your own heart then. Because mm -hmm. everyone, even though one might argue that th there is the truth, 
and, and everything else is bullshit. Uh, there are nuances because everyone has their own way of looking at, uh, at things. We all wear different shades glasses. Mm. So the truth might look differently to you than it does to me. But, I mean, the truth, the heart, the heart, follow the heart. How many times have you, and I can tell you how many times I have, by the way, uh, been scorched because I followed that uh, girl that I fell madly in love with. And I knew she was the one, right? She was the one. How many times? Many, many times. <laughs> and how many times was she the one? Zero times. So until I allowed myself to critically think about what it is that I'm following, what is it that I'm following? I mean, it's, it's simple, really. It's not that hard to, to figure out, especially when it comes to relationships, especially when it comes to like being in love or, or being in lust or, you know, looking for an intimate type relationship. You can ask yourself, okay, why am I with this person? What do I love about this person? And of course, you know, it does take some, if you've never questioned yourself before about anything, then that may be challenging. But it's also the fact that most of us don't like to be truthful with ourselves. Because it, it hurts, it sucks to to realize that either you've been duped or that what you think is the truth is actually bullshit. It's not a good feeling. But but does it like if you take like my experience in terms of relationship is that it's highly unlikely that you have this conscious sense of what you want, this conscious awareness. It's like you haven't really sat down and thought about it and put, you know, created an inventory of what you would like. You'd kind of just go for it kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, and it, it's usually after you've been stung once, twice, three times, and maybe you're sitting down with someone, maybe like your grandfather or a therapist or whatever, who asks the question, well, what are you looking for? That at that point that you might actually consciously consider the question. So I think a lot of people, they're not sure what they're following, um, or maybe they do, but not consciously uh, following an inventory, like many things that we do when we're younger in particular. I mean, I still talk about my work in progress book. I knew nothing until I was 40. Um, and, uh, and, and that really is just, you know, we just went with the flow. And, and, uh, and it's only in latter years that, I have tried to make a distinction between 
following my instinct, following my heart, you know, in, in lots of decisions, whether it be around relationships, whether it be about decisions on career, etc. And trying to tune into, you know, a a guide, let's say, other than my conscious programming, although I wouldn't have necessarily called it programming um, until we started having our conversations, uh, even though it made perfect sense once we, we started to talk about it. So I've tried to do it, and, and I do recall situations in relationships where I did spot a pattern of people and then went, oh, that pattern has continued because early on, this was what I was interested in. This is what I was attracted to. Um, and when I changed my behavior in relation to the next person that I met, suddenly that whole pattern changed. Suddenly the person that I met changed. So that's probably the only conscious, I suppose, specking out of the kind of person that I thought I wanted to meet. It was one which certainly didn't do that. And then once I made the decision around that, then the people started to change. But up until that point, I hadn't been conscious of doing that, I hadn't been conscious of making any, any choice. So I get that in relation to um, those issues, but that seems quite practical and logical and, and all of that. It doesn't have a sense of touching into instinct and touching into your heart and, and all that sort of stuff. It's which which seems to be more about going on a hunch about things than actually rationally reasoning things out. What do you uh, mean? So you know in picking the kind of person that you want in a relationship with is a logical decision to you? Do I think it is? Yeah. My my gut would be my gut. My my sense would be yes, it is. Yes, it is. But how is that possible? Even I mean, we know that logic, logic and emotion are oil and water. They don't mix. Okay. Logic belongs in the conscious mind, and emotion belongs in the subconscious mind. And those two guys rarely talk. Right. So how is it possible that this is true? Another thing might be true, if we talked about that, every time we do make a choice, every time we decide something, that decision is purely based on subconscious programming. But the conscious mind needs to find a rationalization for it. It needs to find okay. uh, you know, um, a way to explain it away. Mm. Because if it doesn't, then it, it goes off, bah, and it loses its shit. And mm. this is what happens when you become institutionalized. Right? You, you become insane. Because you're, you cannot explain your actions. Uh, your actions are rarely explainable, but not even being able to come up with a narrative that makes some sort of sense uh, will 
do a lot of damage in you if you're not ready for that. See, mm -hmm. in the paths of uh, shamanism and, and magic and all this kind of ancient traditions, this is what you're aiming for. You're aiming to get to the state of having the conscious mind go like, oh, I have no idea what the hell's going on here. You want that because that is the point where the conscious mind drops out of sight. Mm. It just goes, you know, it takes off, goes to Wendy's and buys a cheeseburger for a while. And this is when the work, the real work gets done. Mm. So we do think that our choices are rational when it comes to our emotional likes and dislikes. Yeah. But logic has nothing to do with that. Okay, so, so the apprentice has been scolded here now. <laughs> so I get that. It was an emotional decision, but I rationalized it afterwards. I thought I was in control. <laughs> Well, of course, you have to think that you're in control. Yeah, yeah. Because if you think you're out of control, then, again, you lose your shit. Yeah, yeah. You become dysfunctional unless, uh, once again, unless you walk the path of the shaman or the path of the magician that is at any time ready to take the plunge, which is many times very uh, painful and extremely confusing. Mm. Of course it's confusing because it, it has nothing to do with logic. So we learn the pro the main problem with this society, with this era that we grew up in, is that logic has been uh, glorified to the, you know, max. Mm. Logic is God. Okay. We have completely disengaged ourselves from the other side yeah so the other side hasn't gone anywhere but because we haven't been in contact with her with her with it with it uh then we're having trouble accessing it yeah it's it's so that's the practice bit we've we've use it or lose it kind of scenario so how do you how do you get back in touch? How do you get in touch with the heart and intuition and and all of that? Uh, there's a way of. I mean, we have talked a little bit about that on every episode, but in this particular case, I find that most people never ask questions to themselves. Mm. I mean, how how many times do you find yourself thinking of something and then asking, is that true? People don't do that because, you know, that's insane. Well, <laughs> I, I, well I mean, I, I, do, I do do a bit of it uh, in the sense that the practice that I use, which is kind of free writing, which is, you know, write about something, an issue, question, whatever. And it's just the pen just continues to write for a period of time. And usually you clear the, it's like clearing the pipes of the drain um, at the start of it. And then other stuff starts to come up. 
They will call it automatic writing, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's it's because you have to continue to write something, then it starts to dredge, and it you know you're dropping down levels, and uh, and it's a little bit like the the form of coaching that I use is one where you keep asking the same question, so you ask someone what they think about something and they speak about it, and then you go and what more do you think? And then they, and then they, when they think they're finished, you and what more do you think? And then you can see them reaching for something else, and they, they've given you the off-path answers. So now they have to go deeper. So mm -hmm. then, when they're down three or four levels, they then start going, "Oh, I never thought about that. Look what's co just come into my mind." This is similar to the wise, right? A uh, little bit, little bit, yeah, little bit. Yeah. But that's that's the kind of thing you're talking about to to keep dredging deeper and deeper. Mm -hmm. Well, deeper and deeper is uh, is where it's at here. Because look, everything that the conscious mind is a is a very surface level thinking uh, or being. So that's why it's very easy to confuse it. When it starts getting confused, this is the time to keep drilling. Mm. And that's why when you do a what we call a, an instant or a rapid induction, hypnotic induction, that starts with a, a constant, I mean, um, a, a pattern interrupt, right? What is that? I mean, you can do anything like, boom, you know, sleep, you know, whatever. Where the other person least expects that. And then the conscious mind goes like, oh, what, what, what just happened? And within that fraction of a second that the conscious mind, you know, is completely like, you know, deer in the headlights, that's when you start dropping your suggestions. And, uh, you know, when we, I think when we talked about uh, the effect that, uh, the media has on on us, on our subconscious, on our behavior. Uh, we dealt with this a little bit. I mean, what happens? Like, you know, you come home. I mean, not anymore. You're home. But uh, let's, yeah. let's just say, <laughs> let's just think back then when you used to go to work or whatever. Then you came home after a long day of working. And then mm. what did you want to do? You wanted to unwind and what does that mean what is the process of unwinding you sit in front of the tv right you what do you do you relax and you relax and you sip on your wine which helps you relax even deeper and then as you relax you are paying attention to that thing called what programming so this is the exact process of being hypnotized yeah so every time every day we get our daily dose of new or reinforcing programming from all around us especially from this predictive programming 
uh, that is called TV, uh, I mean, primarily TV, internet, you know, what have you, social media. People, and I'll give you an example of that. You know, recently there's been these horrible events with another police shooting and uh, here in the U.S., that has been followed by crazy riots and looting and also everybody is upset. Everybody is going, you know what I mean? But, but what is that? Examine this. This is purely 100% emotional, emotionally driven behavior. Mm. It doesn't matter whether or not you are responding to a horrible event or a seemingly joyful event. What matters is that what got you there was an outside influence. Mm. So if I get you riled, you know, if I get you pissed off enough so that you go down in the streets and you start, you know, throwing Molotov bombs and and burning shit and and breaking stuff and looting and all this kind of stuff, then what is it that is guiding you? Are you following your heart? Are you following your heart then? I mean, is it, you're following something that is instinctual, that's for sure. And this is, this ties into how we started this. Okay, if you get me upset, which is commonly now called triggered, if you get me triggered, that means that I then respond to your input, and that response is always false in terms of whether it uh, serves us or not, right? <laughs> so I mean, you could. I give you another example. You know, there is this thing. Uh, you know, when we celebrate, every country has this thing that's called like an. Their independence or whatever, you know, like uh, the U.S. has July Fourth, and everyone is out there feeling so patriotic and shooting guns and doing all this stuff, and and feeling so good about, you know, what it is that they're celebrating. But what are they really celebrating? Mm. Well, we're gonna get a lot of hate mail because of this. Um, <laughs> what is it that we do when we get triggered? Someone or something has played into our conditioning, into our programming. And just like a lab rat, just like a dog, we respond out of reflex. Sure. So, but is that your gut feeling? Is it? I mean, it's, it's inst instinct, but it's an instinct that, is based on root chakra in kind of instinct. You know, it's it's a it's a something that is instigated to with the purpose of having you fear for your survival. Like something is threatening you. You're I, would thought, I would have thought that was programming. You I would have thought that 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 whatever was triggering. I mean, you mentioned, say, national days, you know, anniversaries, whatever. I mean, we pursue those, or we, we do what we do on those days because 
we've been conditioned from the time that we were really, really small that on this day, everyone goes and does this. And it's, yes. it's gone from being, you know, a day off school when everyone gets ice cream right the way up through having some kind of meaning being added to it and added to it and added to it. And then we get all very patriotic and, and, and all that sort of stuff. And uh, there's, so to me, I would have thought that was, that was, that was pure programming. Well, um, of course it's programming, but okay. Programming triggers some, okay. What's a program? The program is some kind of configuration that says that has a result in terms of responding to, a, to an input. So yeah. if A, then B, mm. right? So the program is what makes you go to B. B is behavior that you have within you. And usually that behavior is the one that I'm talking about is behavior that is based on survival mode. And that behavior is savage, is the animal in you, right? This is root chakra stuff again. So it's the animal in you, how you get to respond. That was some, if I do something horrible to you or your family, right? Something horrible, something unthinkable, something despicable, mm. Then potentially there there will be the point the breaking point for you, yeah. And within that breaking point, you become someone that perhaps you never knew you could be. Now, is that what you become? Is that your programming? No. The well, I, I would, what gets you there? Yes, that's what I would have seen. That that you know the programming has has set the conditions, the beliefs, whatever. And then when you cross the line of those beliefs and you feel somewhat threatened as a result of those beliefs been breached, then you are, are into, you know, primal stuff, you right. know, in terms of whether you, you need to defend yourself or you need to run away or whatever way you choose to, to deal with it. But it's the programming is the bit before. Um, and that's what I'm saying that the, uh, in the example you mentioned, where you know national holidays, we have been programmed that this is a really important day and what it means and everything else. And if someone insults it, or in, if someone does something that uh, threatens that belief, then I resort to, um, well, how am I going to deal with it? Do I feel threatened? If so, I'm going to take action. Yes. So I get that. I right. get. That. So that. So, so you, we agree on that, or do we yeah, agree? absolutely, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, go ahead. So, in if you if you move that forward, in relation to, you know, back to what we started with, which was the the kind of gut instinct thing, around deciding what's good for us and not good for us, and it being based on some kind of connecting with some other force that we don't typically connect with our hearts, our gut, our higher spirit, whatever. What you're saying, as I understand it, is that 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 faculty is there. It's just that we have got so out of practice using it that to say in normal parlance on a day to day basis, oh, I followed my heart, I followed my gut. 
that's actually bullshit because we act what we're really acting on is conditioning we're acting on programming um because if we're not constantly tapping into this resource then the idea that we might do it once every so often is nonsense even though we might like to think that we do mm -hmm. so it's back to the so in so in terms of answering the question that i asked earlier is what do we do to tap into it you're saying it's as simple and as basic as taking the time to ask the deep questions which are or the key questions that we need answers asking them of ourselves writing them down and almost giving ourselves the time and space for an answer to emerge that's more like practicing getting in touch with our our nature for those kind of answers is that fair that's correct yeah uh, as a matter of fact this is this is uh, one of the hypnotic techniques when you are conversing with the client who is in a trance and uh, the client might tell you, you know, so-and-so just give you an understanding that they have about a specific topic. Uh, you know, like, oh, he, my father was horrible to me, or, you know, let's say, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, the the hypnotherapist would say you would ask a question like that is that true and, and of course one might ask well that's kind of insane he just told you that why mm. would you, right what would you ask it's because there is always a level of bullshitting that mm. happens you see and the subconscious mind again is a child mm -hmm. and the child needs to be properly challenged and properly engaged to share with you what it really what he or she really feel mm -hmm. not what they you know make believe they feel mm. like the off path answer you know the top surface level mm -hmm. is the one that they've used to used to trotting out to people or even to yourself when you think about it oh this is the situation and and then it never goes any further than that right. and then you ask is it true and you suddenly get your your caused to reflect on it and a lot of the time it'll be yeah it is true and then if you're taking something like the work by Byron Katie, where she'll go, is it 100% true? <laughs> and then you find the the uh, the little chink in there to go, actually, it's not. Mm -hmm. And then things start to unravel a little bit for that story at the top. Yeah, and this is what happens when we do any kind of uh, uh, reframing, for example, right? The, what is reframing? Reframing is take a story, take a narrative that we have adhered to as children, let's say, for example, and uh, observe that same narrative under a different light. Mm. So you put it in a different frame. 
and you look at it and see if that holds any water. Yeah. Because the way that we will look at something when we're children is most likely not the way that we'll look at the same thing when we're adults. Mm. So then you bring, because once again, the communication between the adult and the child, very, very crappy. So you need to engage the child into looking through the adult's eyes and understanding that that perspective may not be accurate after all. Mm. And once you communicate that uh, safely and successfully to the child, then the perspective changes. And if the child changes perspectives, then reality changes. Mm. That's how you get rid of your phobias. That's how you get rid of, you know, any conditioning that uh, is not accurate or it doesn't serve you. Because the mm. accuracy of a statement is, I mean, it's an iffy kind of thing. I, I'm not concerned with the accurate aspect as much as I'm concerned with does it serve me? Because if it serves me that Santa Claus is real, then I say go with it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in in the context of my um, coming back to my post the other day, and I was talking about you know going with the gut, and in my case, I was talking about you know a business decision, for example. What is what is the best way to you know to go about invoking um, or using, attempting to get this? input from one's higher self is it to to lay it out and and you know here's the pros here are the cons and or is it a question of continually asking the question why 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 mm -hmm. that? yeah the pros and the cons are uh, they're good to have but they're just a logical yeah analysis yeah but what you need to find out is why am I doing that? Why am I starting this business? Yeah. Am I starting this? Again, we talked about why is it that people, you know, the idea of being an entrepreneur is very sexy. Yeah. Because entrepreneurs are glorified, at least the successful ones. Mm -hmm. so, so then it is the thing to do the thing to be, especially in today's society. You see, uh, back in my parents' time, uh, being part of a company, right? Being having a good uh, position with a corporation that was king, man. That mm. nothing would shake that. This is like, oh my god, he's like, oh, oh and even <laughs> further back, you know, they would say, oh. Is working for the government, you know. <laughs> yeah, civil service bank, you know, large corporate. Right. That was a big deal. Like, holy shit, oh my god. So once again, the, you know, the programming, right? So the program. So <clears throat> you have to come to terms with the real reason why you want to engage with that thing. Hmm. So what is the real reason? Because I could tell you that, like, for example, you know, in my wise. Uh, the the prevailing answer is that because I am sick of 
putting my energy and my talents towards some bullshit cause. Mm. In other words, exchanging my a piece of my heart, piece of my spirit for a check. Mm. So that's your why of wanting to be an entrepreneur. Yes, because yeah. I, I to me it's something that tells me that I'm wasting my my time and I'm wasting my life force. Mm. You know, in the previous episode, we talked about uh, our mission, our destiny. Mm. You know, having having the chance to engage, to embrace a mission is what makes this life have a meaning. So to me, if I disregard this mission, my life is empty. Mm. And if you are a certain kind of person who gives a shit and then faced on a daily basis with the fact that the truth that your life is empty, mm. that can be very detrimental to your psyche. So, you know, to me, being an entrepreneur is not an easy thing. It's actually it's a pain in the ass, really hard. Why? Because you can't, like, you know, if you're working for someone, you can always do like a simple thing, you know, like every other day, I'm just going to give you, I'm not going to completely blow your mind with my, with my problem solving, but you don't need me to blow your mind every single day, you know? So, so many days you just do the bare minimum and get away with it. Mm. But as an entrepreneur, you can't do that. Yeah. yeah. But on a positive note, whatever you do has a stamp of approval from your spirit, from your soul, from your higher self. Mm. And so you know that you are strengthening yourself. You're strengthening your spirit with every single step. Now, I'm not suggesting that everyone can go out there, should go out there and be an entrepreneur. That's all I'm saying. I, I This is what it means to me. Because, mm. I mean, you can be, you know, anything uh, and love your job. All I'm saying is love who you are being during the majority of your time mm. here. But in order to, like, if you take someone who, you know, perhaps early on in their uh, career and they have choices to make about which direction they go in, what we're saying is that as an example of, of, a, of a decision, you know, some of the big decisions, that what we should be doing is, is going through this process of why, 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 and really pushing it so that, we ultimately, when we get to a point that we are down and raw in our reason for going one direction or the other, we know that it's a very deep, it's coming from a deep place and not just because they're going to give us the biggest paycheck or the best career prospects or whatever. It's actually something that is, is, is at our core, but that we should be practicing this we should be actually taking decisions on a routine basis and and going through why, 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 why in order to be much more 
have a, have a far greater sense that it's coming from down and deep and we're not just following programming. That's that's what we're saying. Mm -hmm. um, so as we, we always try to do as we come to the end, try to give people a kind of a takeaway before we flash up the PayPal account. Uh, <laughs> um, no, the... Um, the takeaway is and the takeaway that i've got it and and yeah we have spoken about it before but you know i obviously forgot it and it, it just reminded me get in touch with your spirit by asking those questions and going as deep as you possibly can and and that's giving you the practice of getting in touch with your gut getting in touch with your intuition getting in touch with your heart all those things that we say we do but actually as you've pointed out we really don't we like to say we do but we don't yeah and, and you keep on going usually i keep on going i keep on asking until i get very to very uncomfortable answers okay because once once you uh, you know you keep on examining the stuff that feels good and feels uh, comfortable, feels sweet, feels nice, right? Butterflies and mm. honeybees. Then, then you get down to some truths. Right? Like if I was to ask myself, "Am I a good father?" You know, immediately, my answer would: Of course I am. Mm. Of course I am. Are you kidding? I would give my life for my child. But if I keep on asking, the next question will be, am I the best father I can be? And then my answer is not that rosy. Mm. You see? So in the same sense, if you're interested in being empowered every day, in every way, a little more, because that has a cumulative effect. The more you do it, the power builds up. There's that thing. Uh, so if you're interested in that, you have to keep getting uncomfortable. Mm. Because by getting uncomfortable, you get to discover the garbage. You know, is that is like some people, you know, some people, uh, and we are, late again of course but um I'll, I'll just finish with this i know people that when they clean their house they never go under the bed you know <laughs> they, never, they never go under the couch it's mm. a pain in the ass we're gonna move all the furniture you know i don't have time for that shit yeah who cares what's inside nobody sees that <laughs> but that's what constitutes a clean house? Mm. Because I mean, you don't you don't know what's in there, right? You might have dead animals in there, you know. You might all kinds of crap starts festering mm. wherever you don't engage, you know, in whatever you don't engage with. So, and you know, on a metaphysical level, I might add that this is. Uh, a place for parasitic energies to dwell. Okay. 
like if you go, if you people go and sage, the proper way to cleanse your place is to go to all the crevices and all the corners, mm. because this is where where the dust and uh, where all the uncleanliness uh, settles, and this is where the parasites dwell. Mm. But these are concepts that uh, are for another day, because the rabbit hole gets deep on those. But they're very interesting, and we'll get there. So, so just on that, just to to finish, um, what we're saying that by going deep and asking those questions and getting to the point of being uncomfortable or finding it difficult, that, in a manner of speaking, is a way of clearing out. Is that what we're saying? Yes. It's it's, it's getting deep, um finding the dirt and and clearing it out from that place yes i also i also get a sense that it's it ultimately when you get down to that place and you do make a key decision it's also a key source of really strong motivation yes because that's where you find what your heart desires yeah oh if you this as we said in the beginning if you find your heart when you find your heart then you get to follow it happily. Yeah. Yeah. And and then that's why have we talked about this before about motivation? Have we talked about motivation yet? Don't think so. I think we touched oh. on it. Hmm. That's maybe a mini series on that one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh motivate yeah, we can that's that's a very that's a deep subject. So yes. But you know, short answer, yes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you know, we'll be back. We will. Until next week. Let's be careful out there. And don't let your mind kill you. Thanks for listening to Your Mind is Trying to Kill You with Alexandros Megas and Vincent Byrne. If you like our show and want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, then we would love if you would subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And you'd be doing us a big favor if you would support us by leaving a review as well. It would also be great if you would take a screenshot of this episode on your smartphone and share it on social media. So join us next Wednesday when we talk more about mind hacking and taking back control of your life. Until then, have a great week.